This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Welcome to another episode of Boring is Bad for Business. I want to begin today by acknowledging the Gubby Gubby people, the traditional custodians of the land in which we're recording today. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend the respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about identity systems and how we can build identity systems that spark and delight not just its, its customers, but also the, the members within these teams and businesses. Um, we're going to give you a couple of examples of brands and businesses that have really pushed the envelope and really challenge the status quo of what is an identity design and give you some tools that will allow you to you know, take your identity to the next level. So let's get into it. So the premise of this episode is really just to discuss how our listeners can develop an identity that you know, sparks and delights their, their clients and their, their customers, um, and then also inspire the, the employees within those teams. So we've, we've talked a lot in previous episodes about the, the inside out approach, um, you know, how important culture is within a business, how branding sort of fits in as a, as a big picture framework for, for a business. But yeah, this episode where, well, I'm really excited because this is what I do day in, day out, the, the identity side of things. So um, yeah, this episode, just want to talk about how we can take those fundamentals of an identity um, and yeah, just turn them up a little bit and, and, and get them to a level that is a bit more engaging, a lot more exciting than, you know, the, the traditional logo, fonts, colors, layout art direction i think this episode might be a little bit easier to understand because it's like it's actually these things are all tangible and these are the parts of the project that when we show the client that gets the smiles it's get we've seen tears we have seen anger (laughs) um like it gets people emotional it's like it's the really exciting part of a project and it's probably why a lot of um you know when you're going you're about to go through a rebrand you're really excited to see the end result and why people just talk about that so I think yeah. this is going to be a good one. So um, we're going to just start firstly with what I consider the five fundamentals of of an identity. So we've got logo, color, the art direction, layout, and application. So application, I when I say application, I refer to how the identity is rolled out. So whether it's um, you know on your socials or um, you know on your website. So and and how those applications interact with with the user. So you know when we talk about a brand toolkit. An identity toolkit. Um, it usually has, you know, at minimal those those five. That's a lot compared to what other people would probably ask for. Like, or say, I, assuming most people would, who haven't gone through a brand process would probably say, like, I just need a logo, fonts, and colors. Mm-hmm. So that's quite in depth. Yeah, definitely. And um, the reason that we sort of we we push it further is because if you're lit- literally just trying to, you know, convey these messages of a of a of your business in your logos, colors, and your fonts, you're going to have one hell of complicated logo. You know, the colors can only really get you so far. And, you know, fonts, you know, they do convey emotion, but, you know, not a, not enough to be able to create that, that mojo, that, that gut feeling. Well, there's of, a lot of bullshit going on. Like people post rationalizing and saying, yeah, yeah definitely. it really means this. It's like, you, you can't convey that from. Yeah. This slab yeah. serif font makes me feel like this. It's like, well, well, it might, but you know, there's so many other ways and easier ways to convey that that feeling. So, um, you know, obviously, art direction. So, um, you know, photography and how the photographs are, are taken. You know, is there a tone to the the photographs or, or the video that's been put together? 
um, layout, you know, how all those elements interact with one another. Um, so, you know, the easiest way to look at it would be like a, a publication, um, you know, is everything sort of spacious and, and minimal or is it, you know, loud, vibrant, you know, there's... Um, super layered, like, yeah, super, like kind of like trend that's like very, very like, it's like maximalist, not minimalist, you know. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, yeah, the applications, which we, we talked about earlier. So this episode, I want to just, you know, talk how we can push all of those elements a little bit a little bit further and just give you some examples of, you know, brands that have done that. So in the show notes, we're going to put in a, a link to our website that'll just walk through these examples. Um, you know, it is quite hard to talk about something that is so visual on, on a podcast. Um, but yeah, just jump over to that, that link and, and, and check it out. So, so first thing that I want to jump on obviously is 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 logos and um there's a great example of a company called block so they're the corporate entity that holds um you know square the the, the payless yeah. payless provider so in 2021 they did a they did a rebrand and sort of launched launched that out into the market and yeah this logo has you know it, it's motion it, it moves um and you know this was only last year and it was very um unique like no one was really pushing out animated logos um Part of their style guide is like when you can show this logo with movement, like that's a must. Um, and yeah, it's just starting to to step out a little bit from you know your logos just being these static static images, and and you can convey so much more with with motion. So um, you know if if you see the need or or, or want to be able to to animate your logos, it, it's um you know it's a great way to differentiate yourself within you awesome. know, your, your market. Is, is the logo simple though? I know you have principles on logos and what makes a good logo. Mm-hmm. Is it, there's still the prince. Do the original principles still apply in this? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, just to, to, to touch on those quickly, um, the the principles of, of a logo. Joel's, I, are these Joel's principles? <laughs> no, I, I can't own them. <laughs> oh. um, you know, simplicity is is a must. Um, I sort of have this test: if a if a five year old can't you know draw your logo in sand, obviously it's not going to be great because it's a five year old drawing in sand. Um, you know, if, if they can't and you look at it and you're like, that's nowhere close, your logo is probably too complicated. Um, simplicity um, is a must, then obviously appropriate. So is it appropriate for your business and your industry? Um, you know, a, a logo for a construction company wouldn't be an appropriate logo and those elements wouldn't be appropriate for, say, like a health, health organization. Um, and my last one, yeah, it needs to be memorable. So, you know, if something is simple, got one focal point, it's generally quite memorable. So there is a, a blog that I've written that, that explains that a little bit we better probably than link I've, to that too. That I've just done. So don't do an animated logo that's against those principles. It's like if you want to play with animation, you still need to have yep. those principles locked down. And it's this whole thing of just understanding, you know, if you want to push it further and further, you know, it's always better to sort of talk to someone who's qualified, who understands these rules to be able to break them. So I yes. guess running it, you know, running in like a bull in a china shop and just like throwing everything out the window, it's going to create all these other problems. But what we're trying to do in this this podcast episode is just give you a couple of examples of how to challenge what everyone else is doing in that market and, and differentiate, mm-hmm. differentiate yourself from your competitors. Um, another one that, you know, we see an issue with is, is, is color. Um, I consider them, you know, like safe colors. Um, so, you know, if you look at, you know, if you look at blue, you sort of, there's so many finance companies that are all blue. Like you look at your PayPal, you look at your Visa, you know, a lot of tech companies sort of just go blue. And, and we see these in conversations where they're like, hey, we're a tech company or a finance company. We need to be blue. And it's like, well, why? Like 
all your competitors are, are playing safe within that space. So how about we, we throw something else in there and, and allow you to stand out? You know, you still do need to be appropriate back to those, um, you know, logo principles, but have some fun with it. Be bold, be, be brave. Everyone feels like they need to play it safe. And when you're playing it safe, I see that being risky because you just blend into the, into the noise, into everybody else. So if you, you know, have the kahunas to sort of push it a little <laughs> bit harder, um, I definitely see that benefits outweigh, outweigh the risk. Totally. And it always seems to be this dance between like following. So for example, with colors, following color psychology, all the recommended mm-hmm. and, and trends. And I think that's where people get caught up. It's like the color psychology behind my eco brand is that it needs to be natural. So, and it needs to invoke new growth and rejuvenation. So we're going to play in that green space. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, as you said, you're just following the crowd and you don't look any different, but it's also like that is related to consumers are going to understand that that's the space that you play in. But if like, if you need consumers to play in, understand that you play in that space, maybe there's other ways to do it and it doesn't just have to be color. Um, it seems to say that it's like break the rules, but you do need to have some sort of convention, but do it in another way. Yeah. And back to what I was saying, like you need to understand the rules to yes. break them. Um, if, you just, yeah, if you're just breaking them just, just to be a rebel, um, it does sort of start to cause some, some other issues. But the question I kind of ask myself leading off from what you were just talking about is, do we need another tanned, minimal, natural skincare company? Well, it's gonna be. It's, it'll be easy to forget because there's so many. Or it'll be really hard to remember yeah. what that brand was because we just are littered with so many. Like you look on social media, like it's, it's saturated. It's so saturated. I can't even remember the names of the brands that I see. But I'll pro- often resonate with a photo. I mean, like, that was really cool. But I could not tell you anything else about that because I've just got so many messages going in mm-hmm. at, at any time that you're kind of you're on your phone and you're online. Yeah. So just just challenge that. Um, yep. You know, not saying that you have to like go to the other end of the spectrum, just when you're putting together these identity toolkits, just keep trying to challenge it and just go, you know, this is what the pack's doing. How can we zig when they're zagging? Another example, just obviously with those applications is just like the rollout. Um, if you have a space, brand the space. Like we just completed a project for um, a video production house here on the Sunshine Coast and they've got this nice, you know, long long office and we, we've developed with them this this sort of quote saying, um, and yeah, we, we've hand painted that on the wall. Like it's, it doesn't seem like much, but when you walk into that office, it's like, hey, this is like, ex- this is exactly what represents us. And it's painted onto our wall. Um, you know, we could have easily just left that, you know, just on the shirts or, or, or on the, the marketing collateral, but to go in and, and, and put it on the wall and, and build it into a part of your office and your day to day, you know, it's, it is unique. You know, that might not work for, for all the projects, but I think just, pushing the envelope and, and, and just challenging challenging the status quo of what the pack's doing, um, yeah, you're going to reap the rewards yeah, for it. I love branding the space because your people mm-hmm. work in – they're there like, you know, if you're, if you're in an office scenario and if you work on yourself, by yourself in your home office, you can still brand that space. But I love branding the space because it you know, on a subconscious level, it inspires people. It, it reminds them of what's the purpose, what's the reason that we're here and with the, if you, your creative is right as well, it's going to evoke an emotion. Yes. It's going to be like, well, this is exciting to be here or like it just puts you in that different mind space from I've left my home, I'm going into work and it, and it flicks, flicks that switch. We've done the same approach with our office as mm-hmm. well. That's been a big thing. Like it has to be an inspiring space for us to do creative work. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's, yeah. Just remind you of, yeah, what why you're there, what you're trying to do and what the mission for the whole, the whole business is. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 
like it's not a big thing. Like I'm not saying like spin it on its head. I'm just saying take it and think a little bit outside of the make box. Make it big. Make it really big. Like, And you can do this in an office like if you had in a more corporate setting too. These can be posters or stickers. It doesn't have to always be a hand-painted mm-hmm. mural. It's about bringing in the brand and that feeling through through the physical space. Yeah, that day of you know the logo in the, the top left-hand corner or the bottom right-hand corner I think is, is gone. If you keep playing in that space, you're going to get lost. You really need to just be loud, bold, and really proud of your identity, which is a true reflection, should be a true reflection of, of your brand and who you are as, as people. Um, and moving more into that, like we're, we're seeing a trend of thing like scent branding. Like mm-hmm. like if you talked about that you know, five years ago, you'd be like, what are you talking about? But you know, there's businesses out there now that are developing smells for brands. And it's like, what better way to, you know, get the point across and create these feelings for your customers as, you know, they, they walk into a boutique. Aesop. Like, you yeah. walk into Aesop, it smells like Aesop. It, it, every store actually looks a little bit different because they get architects to do each, diff, which is a different discussion. Mm-hmm. But there's some, you know, there are elements of that brand that are repeated through each location that make it feel consistent. And smell is one of them, like mm-hmm. shape and texture and style is another. Yep. But smell is huge. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's studies showing that, like, yeah, if you smell, you know, like your grandma's cooking that you haven't smelled in. Is she making pasta sauce with onions? Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, that just really brings you back to that, that moment. And I don't know any other scent or sense that can, that can do that. Um, it's it's pretty unique, and then you know even even sound and audio branding like Netflix, we all know it that it's really well, it's it's way too loud. I don't know what they're doing with their volume there, but it's but I think that's really intentional because yeah. they were like this is Netflix content. This is like this is our content. Every time you watch it, we're going to up it a little bit so that you remember you're watching Netflix. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, yeah, they're building these emotional triggers into people of, you know, you hear that sound and you're like, yeah, let's let's binge something, you know, and that wasn't something that everybody else was doing. There was obviously a discussion where they were like, hey, let's let's push this mm-hmm. and it's paid off. It's Sonic. I think it's called Sonic Branding. Like, yeah, I think, there's, yeah, a, there's, there's a, a name. Yeah. There's a fair, fair few sort yeah. of terms for them, but, yeah. you know, just challenge it. Think outside the box and, and, and go a little bit, and like, a little so- bit harder. If you for just to make this really simple, if you are putting out regular video content, what's your opening? Like, do you have some sonic like do you have a small little hook that you can play at the start of every piece of content that goes out and you can create your own Netflix effect with your, your sound? Yeah. Um we're we're doing this thing more and more now in these strategy sessions as well, where we're asking, you know, working from the other end, asking the the client if there was a song playing in your shop or in your office, like what would that song be? And it's um, it's really interesting to hear people's responses because they obviously they talk with us for you know that that half day session or full day session and they're obviously trying to give us you know attributes and, and terms that um, explain who they are and what they're trying to perceive but um, yeah they kind of get caught up but when they go like hey no like it's a it's a bubbly song that's got like a ukulele in it um, and some like backup singers you're just like I know exactly what you're talking about. So to be able to one use that in those early strategy sessions to 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 get to the root of what the the, the client's trying to articulate, um, or at the other end explaining to the customer how they should feel. You know, we can do that by by sound. Sound very emotive. Very emotive. Um, and yeah, just with digital and things moving more online, like this need for just a static logo or a static set of layout or, or, or photography, you know, it it's going to die out. So I think, yeah, being on the front foot 
And yeah, just trying to figure out how, you know, you can bring in some more excitement um, into your identity systems is um, really exciting. Awesome. Very cool. So you've gone through, I'm just going back from what I've heard you say, Mm -hmm. spoken about logos, motion and logos. Yep. Yep. Um, Spoken about color, like beat with all of these rules. You need to know the rules before you break them. Yes. So work with people who know the rules and then break. Then application, branding space, which is amazing. And then some other different types of ways that you can expand on your brand identity system. And I love this because it's not what I would typically say describes a brand identity system. Scent and sound. Yep. To other, so all of your sensory systems, like engage, like bringing your brand identity system and branding some sen- other sensory things. I don't yeah, know what they are. Sure. Sensory, sensory part, creating a sensory system around your brand. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as we move into Zuckerberg's metaverse as well, like that's going to open a whole new range of, of things that we can sort of push into. So I'm always, you know, trying to stay up to date on what the new thing is because, you know, if we can pull them in now into a brand identity, you know, it's, it's going to put that business in, in a better position than they, they were before. You get a little bit of an edge as an early adopter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. No, that's that's been super interesting. Um, as someone who works really closely with you day to day and should know, you know, I've had a past life as a designer, I've learned a lot as well from this. So fantastic. I hope our listeners, I hope that if you're listening at home or wherever you're listening on the bus, you're also finding that really interesting. Let us know. Yeah.